Welcome to the old dingy jukebox. I'm your host, Christian Gallo. Thanks for listening to the show. For the next hour or so, we're going to be listening to a variety of styles that make up the deep and wide well of down-home American music. I appreciate all the support the show has received thus far in the first, whatever it's been, six weeks of production. Please continue to share the love. I'd appreciate it. You can go follow the show on Instagram at Old Dingy Jukebox Podcast. Also, go check out the Facebook at Old Dingy Jukebox Podcast as well. I sure would appreciate it. Also, if you subscribe on Apple Podcast, go ahead and leave a review as well. And as usual, if you want to drop me a line, send an email to olddingyjukebox at gmail.com. Let me know what's up. I sure would appreciate hearing from you. So for today's show, I thought it would be fun to feature some of my favorite guitar players and some of my favorite guitar records across a variety of styles. One of the things that I've always tried to emphasize about the show is just that, is including a bunch of different styles and genres because I think that makes for a more interesting show and keeps it entertaining So with that in mind, the records I've chosen for today will not only please the guitar player or the guitar aficionado, but also I'm hoping will please the casual listener as well. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get into some of the records. Hope you enjoy the show. So the first record we're going to hear today is by Blind Blake. We're going to hear Blind Blake do Southern Rag. Now Blind Blake is a amazing fingerstyle guitarist who recorded for Paramount Records between 1926 and 1932. Blake is one of these mysterious, almost mythological players that not a lot is known about him. He's one of these guys where there is literally one photo that exists of him. But for musicians and record collectors and music enthusiasts, fortunately, all of his records have been found, which isn't always the case for some of the other players that recorded in that era. As a matter of fact, one of his Paramount records just turned up about eight years ago in 2012 at a flea market in Hillsville, Virginia. So with that last record found, all of Blake's records have been accounted for and are in the hands of collectors. His records sold pretty well during his time. Blake is one of these guitar players from the early 20th century who today is categorized as a ragtime blues guitar player. His bounce and his feel and his syncopation are just amazing, and oftentimes people compare his playing to that of a fine jazz or blues piano player. Although nobody's completely sure, he's said to have been born in either Jacksonville, Florida or Newport News, Virginia. And uh, he spent a lot of his time, I guess, in the Carolinas and Georgia, also as well in the north up in Milwaukee and around Chicago on doing a lot of recording sessions. And of course, he recorded for Paramount Records, which is up in Grafton, Wisconsin. The record I'm going to play for you is one of his most amazing records. And if you listen to him throughout the song, he starts talking about Geechees. Um, some think that he was a, a Geechee or a Gola, I guess is what they call him, which is sort of a, a Creole um, 
uh, colony, if you will, in the Georgia Sea Islands and around in the Tidewater areas in South Carolina and Georgia. I guess they call them Geechees. He talks about that and references that a little bit uh, in his while he's playing. Anyways, get a load of this. This is an absolute masterpiece. So we're going to listen to, again, Blind Blake doing Southern Rag that he recorded for Paramount Records in 1927. Check this out. Every time I hear that record, I'm just I'm just amazed. His playing is so syncopated and just bouncy and just man, his licks he's doing in there are just amazing. Blind Blake, Southern Rag. All right, so next up we're gonna hear some great picking. We're gonna skip forward a little bit here to the 1960s and hear some electric guitar playing, and we're gonna hear some playing by a great guitarist, Phil Baugh. That's B-A-U-G-H. Now, probably not a lot of you have heard of Phil Baugh, 
And a friend of mine, Mel Bergman, actually turned me on to him probably 10 or 15 years ago. And he quickly became one of my favorite country guitarists. Uh, you know, he was active from the late 1950s up until through the 1980s sometimes. And, you know, he was a highly sought after session musician as well as a top recording artist in his own right. He made a lot of records with country artist Vern Stovall. And this record I'm going to play for you, Country Guitar, became a hit for the Longhorn record label in 1965. Phil Ball was known as a hot country Telecaster player, and he also played a custom double-neck Moserite guitar from Bakersfield, California. In this tune, he demonstrates signature licks from all the legendary country guitarists such as Merle Travis, Chet Atkins, Luther Perkins, Billy Bird, Les Paul, and many more. They're all in there. You'll hear the narration by Vern Stovall during the song kind of setting up each um, lick and then and then Phil goes on to play them. It's just a great uh, recording. All right, so from 1965 on Longhorn Records with Vern Stovall doing the commentating, this is Phil Baugh, Country Guitar. Down in Nashville on an opera show where all the guitar pickers go. Everyone is having a ball. Let's hear a little bit from old Les Paul. Pick it out, Billy Bird. Here's a boy that plays so fine, he plays his guitar all the time. His name is known around the world. I'm sure you recognize old Merle. Fame. 
flame with a big sound on the guitar string. Song after song, his hits were steady. Let's hear a little bit Dwayne Eddy. That's just great. I'm going to put up on the uh, Facebook page a video of him doing that. There's a pretty cool video on YouTube of him playing his double neck Moserite going through that song. So go ahead and check that out. You can see him in action. All right. So moving right along, we're going to go back in time to 1932, and we're going to hear a record by Big Bill Brunzi. Now, he was one of the all-time great blues guitarists, and his recording, uh, you know, he, he started recording around in the 1920s when he played country blues, ragtime, and hokum numbers, and he was pretty successful with black audiences during the 1930s. And then sometime around the 1940s, he transitioned over into sort of a more, um, you know, citified or urban blues sound. He had backing bands with saxophones and drums, things like that. And then sometime around in the 1950s, he actually returned to his traditional folk blues roots, which made him out, you know, during that time, he was one of the leading figures of the emerging, you know, American folk music revival. And he became, you know, an international star during that era. Um, But, you know, his long career, you know, makes him one of the key figures in the development of blues music in the 20th century. He's a brilliant guitarist, and he plays in that thumb and finger style that enables him to just keep that rhythm and that bounce when he's playing unaccompanied. So let's go ahead and check him out. We're going to hear Big Bill Brunzi, Long Tall Mama, from Oriole Records that he recorded in 1932. Got a long tall mama, she stands about seven feet nine. And when she gets to love and holler, Papa, won't you take your time? Or when she started loving, she sure can do her stuff. Or when she started loving, all she sure can do her stuff. And she squeezed me so tight, holler, Mama, Lord, if that's enough. Got a brand new movie, Lord, it's one that she calls her own. Got a brand new movie, it's one that she calls her own. And when she started kissing, make a poor man leave his home. Mm-hmm. 
Mama, and she do little that. Son, she do little this, Mama, Lord, and she do little that. And when she put on full steam, make a freight train jump or train. Sweet as she can be Such a long and tall Mama handsome sweet as she can be To satisfy that woman Takes more than a bumblebee Long Tall Mama. She stands about seven foot nine, apparently. All right. We're going to listen to a record by Django Reinhardt and his Quintet du Hot Club de France. Yeah, so I know this isn't an American artist, but I figured you cannot do a, a, uh, a show that features great guitar playing on great guitar records without throwing in some Django Reinhardt. This was a group that he founded in France in 1932 along with the violinist Stéphane Grappelli. And they were active pretty much in one form or the other up until 1948. Now Django's a really interesting story. He was born in 1910 in Belgium to a family of gypsies or specifically Romani. And Django spent most of his early life wandering Romani encampments around Paris and the French countryside. It was here that he discovered music where he played the guitar, violin, and banjo. When war broke out in Europe in 1939, the quintet of the Hot Club of France were touring over in the UK. Now, while he tried to continue with his music, Uh, you know, war with the Nazis presented him with two obstacles. You know, first he was Romani, a gypsy, and those were, um, you know, those were persecuted by the, the Nazis. And secondly, he was a jazz musician. So the Weimar Republic made efforts to suppress jazz between 1922 and 33. And when Hitler came to power, he and his propaganda minister, Joseph Goebbels, essentially set out to oppress jazz musicians and ultimately banned jazz in Nazi Germany. And then beginning in 1933, Hitler started his persecution of gypsies in Germany and all German Romani were barred from living in cities. They were herded into settlement camps and routinely sterilized. Romani men were required to wear a brown gypsy ID triangle sewn on their chest, similar to the yellow star of David that the Jews had to wear. In France, they were used as slave labor on farms and in factories. And during the Holocaust, an estimated 600,000 to 1.5 million Romani throughout Europe were eventually killed. It was in this environment that Django Reinhardt, along with Stéphane Grappelli, made some of his great records with the quintet of the Hot Club of France. So let's have a listen, shall we? 
This is recorded for Decca Records in 1938, and this is called Stompin' at Decca. a great record i was thinking about this while i was i was listening to that if you get a chance go check out the recordings if you could find them i'm sure they're on spotify or somewhere of uh, the david grisman quintet i think it was in the 1970s that the david grisman quintet david grisman's the famous um mandolin player who played a lot of string jazz kind of in that tradition of what you just heard there by by Django and Stefan Grappelli but in the 1970s he did some recordings uh might, might have been in the early 80s but somewhere around there he did some great recordings with Stefan Grappelli and uh they're 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 really hot if you could find them go check it out all right, so we're going to jump forward. We're going to hear some electric guitar now, and we're going to hear a recording by Joe Mafis. So Joe Mafis, I played him on the uh, California podcast, and he's famous for writing Dim Lights, Thick Smoke, and Loud Loud Music, as well as being an aficionado of the double-neck Moserite guitar. 
So Mafis's recording career really took off in 1951 when he was invited to Los Angeles by Merle Travis and another great country music entertainer, Johnny Bond. He made a couple records with Travis and he recorded for countless other country and pop stars and worked on many themes for television programs and movie soundtracks. He was kind of the go-to guy in California and Nashville um, for as, as a studio musician. And he also had a, a pretty nice solo career, uh, as you heard in the California episode with his wife, Rose Lee Mafis. So he recorded for Columbia Records and other labels like Capitol and things like that. And later he was based in Bakersfield, California. He wound up doing session work for acts like Johnny Burnett, The Collins Kids, Wanda Jackson, Rose Maddox, and Ricky Nelson, to name a few. He was later a band member and a featured soloist on the Town Hall Party radio and later television program that was broadcast throughout the 1950s in California, actually from Compton, California in the 1950s. So he was a regular on the program and it included many recording stars of the day, Tex Ritter, Johnny Cash, Gene Autry, Bob Wills, the Texas Playboys, you know, countless others, got Carl Perkins, pretty much a who's who uh, was on that TV show at one time or another. So, all right, we're going to hear a recording by Joe on Columbia Records titled Guitar Rock and Roll that he recorded on his double neck Moserite for Columbia Records in 1956. This is a really hip record. It's one of my favorite guitar records, hence why it's on the show. All right, let's check it out. Joe Mafis, Guitar Rock and Roll.
man, such a good record. I love the sound of Joe's double neck Moserite guitar. So cool. All right. So we're going to go back and hear a record from 1930 by a guitar duet from West Virginia. And this is Roy Harvey and Jess Johnston. So they, Roy Harvey actually was a guitarist who made a name for himself um, as uh, the guitarist in the wildly popular string band of the 1920s, and that was Charlie Poole and the North Carolina Ramblers. Uh, Roy Harvey started playing with Charlie Poole in 1926, and he made a bunch of, uh, of records for him and was on some of his most famous records. He made a lot of his great records in 1929 and 1930, and he cut his last one in 1931 where he you know, subsequently just drifted off into obscurity like a lot of these uh, musicians did of the time. They went back to their everyday jobs and everyday lives after they made these records. Now, this record, Guitar Rag, was originally recorded by a black artist, Sylvester Weaver, in 1927. Um, and in 1937, that song was picked up by the electric steel guitarist with Bob Will's band, and that was Leon McAuliffe. And he recorded the exact same tune with Bob Will's in 1937 on the electric steel guitar. And Leon McAuliffe actually claimed to have, have, have written it. Um, it's the same tune that Sylvester Weaver played on his record in 1927. It's pretty much the same tune that we're about to hear here by uh, Roy Harvey and Jess Johnston. And it also bears a strong resemblance to a Hawaiian tune from 1915 called On the Beach at Waikiki. Now, honestly, that's probably where Sylvester Weaver first heard it as, you know, Hawaiian music was really popular in the early 20th century. And Sylvester probably incorporated it into his own style and made a record with it in 1927. Who knows? But either way, it's a great tune. So get a load of the guitar rag for Champion Records in 1930 by Roy Harvey and Jess Johnston. Hello there, Jess. Hello, Roy. Boy, it looks like you've been playing some. See, you got your guitar with you. Yeah, I've been playing a little bit. Say, let's you and I try that old number you used to play, that uh, guitar rag, and work on it like you used to, way back in West Virginia. All right.
Ladies and gentlemen, that song is now a standard in the country music and western swing world if you are a steel guitar player. It's called the steel guitar rag. But that was the guitar rag. So I and I I love the intro by the way where they introduce each other and kind of just have that that setup where they're talking to each other. That's good stuff. I love it. All right. We're going to move on and we're going to hear a piece by the great Reverend Gary Davis. Now, Gary Davis was is and I know I keep saying this, but like legitimately he is quite an amazing guitar player. He came um came onto the scene a little bit after Blind Blake and um you know, he he marveled at Blind Blake's playing. There's a lot of accounts of him talking about, you know, Blind Blake's um, style and what a great player he was. And uh, you know, Reverend Gary Davis was was a fantastic player in his own right. He's from South Carolina, and he really is a true genius on the guitar. He played blues, ragtime, gospel. He could play pop songs, you know, um, all these instrumental songs. Um, he was you know, his recordings are just such a variety of, of different styles of the time. And he played it all in a very unorthodox and, you know, complicated uh, manner, different arrangements. Um, you know, from South Carolina, he moved to New York in the 1940s. And he later became a fixture in the New York folk scene and the folk revival. And there are so many guitar players who would go to his house in, I, I guess it was in Harlem and they would you know sit at the feet of the master um, and and learn from from Gary Davis guitar players like Stefan Grossman Roy bookbinder David Bromberg Ry Cooter Bob Weir uh, Dave Van Ronk these are just some of the great guitar players that would sit at the feet of the great blind Reverend Gary Davis he also had a huge influence on countless rock and blues guitarists from the 1960s. If you've ever heard the Grateful Dead cover Samson and Delilah, that is a Reverend Gary Davis song that no doubt Bob Weir probably picked up from his tutelage with Blind Gary Davis. So let's listen to a record. This is from Mellotone Records, recorded in 1935. This is the Reverend doing the great gospel number and some fine guitar picking. I am the light of this world.
Great picking. Blind Reverend Gary Davis. What a hell of a player. Hey, you guys ready for some hillbilly jazz? I am. All right, we're going to hear a track by the great Speedy West and Jimmy Bryant. We're going to hear some electric guitar playing now, and this is just a, such a great recording. Now, Speedy West is the steel guitar player, and Jimmy Bryant is the great electric guitar player uh, known primarily for playing a Fender Telecaster. Now, both these guys were top-notch studio musicians, uh, did most of their work at Capitol Records, and they appeared on all kinds of country and country jazz records in the 1950s and, and, and in the 1960s as well. Um, Speedy West played a Bigsby steel guitar, which he picked up uh, from Paul Bigsby in 1948. And um, he made some great solo records along with Jimmy Bryant that are just straight up, just complicated and just swinging um, and, and innovative and, and whimsical, uh, just jazz records that feature two electric guitars. So we're going to hear a track from one of their solo records that Capitol released called Speedy West and Jimmy Bryant, Two Guitars Country Style that Capitol put out in 1957. And we're going to hear a tune called Bryant's Bounce. All right, get a load of this.
Yeah, Speedy West and Jimmy Bryant, 1957, Bryant's Bounce. What a great tune. All right, we're going to hear another Blind Blake tune. He recorded this for Paramount Records in 1929. It's a great song, and of course, with some phenomenal guitar playing. This is a classic that has been covered by the likes of Ry Cooter, as well as the great Leon Redbone. If you get a chance, go check their versions out. But this is the original, Blind Blake, doing his song, Diddy Wah Diddy, Paramount Records, 1929. There's a great big mystery, and it sure is worrying me. This ditty war ditty, this ditty war ditty. I wish somebody would tell me what ditty war ditty means. A little girl about four feet four. Someone pop in, give me some more of your ditty war ditty, your ditty war ditty. I wish somebody would tell me what did he want, did he mean? I went out and walked around. Somebody yelled, say, look who's in town. Mr. Diddy Ward did it. Mr. Diddy Ward did it. I wish somebody would tell me what did he want, did he mean? Tell me what did it, what did it Somebody would tell me what did it, what did it mean? Then I got put out of church cause I talk about did it, what did it too much, Mr. Did it, what did it? Mr. Did it, what did it? I wish somebody would tell me what did it, what did it mean. I wish somebody would tell me what Diddy Wah Diddy means. All right. We're going to skip over to a record by Bob Wills and his Texas Playboys that features the great guitarist Junior Barnard, who I guess was also known as Fat Boy. Poor guy. 
because this is called the Fat Boy Rag that was written by Junior Barnard. <laughs> Man, talk about just some classic, like, interband, like, ball busting going on here. I mean, what, you put on a few pounds and now all of a sudden you're known as Fat Boy and everybody in the group is calling you that? I'm imagining he comes to the band with this great instrumental that you're about to hear, and everyone's like, well, hey, what, what do you call that? And he's like, oh, I don't know. It doesn't really have a name. And then all the bandmates go, hey, it's called Fat Boy Rag. <laughs> okay, so let's check it out. This was recorded by Bob Wills and his Texas Playboys for Columbia Records in 1947. Fat Boy Rag. Fat boy rag. Oh, now. Yeah. All Yeah, Junior Barnard, the great guitarist from the later 40s version of Bob Wills and his Texas Playboys. All right, we're going to go back and revisit the great Big Bill Brunsey. And 
we're going to hear this recording from 1957 that he did as part of a live radio interview with the um, the author and the radio host from the time, the great Studs Terkel. And he did an interview with Big Bill Brunzi, and also in the room was Sonny Terry and Brownie McGee. And they recorded it, and later Smithsonian uh, Folkways Records released it as an LP. And a lot of the tracks have, you know, all three of them playing together. Some of the tracks are Sonny and Brownie playing together. Some of the tracks are Big Bill playing together. And in between each song, they're being interviewed by studs. So this is Big Bill Brunzi. He breaks out a instrumental, and he calls this the shuffle rag. Now, this might sound a little familiar to you because... <laughs> It, it utilizes some of his classic, you know, go-to signature licks. And you probably heard some of these licks in an earlier track that I played for you called Long Tall Mama. But this is just one of the all-time legendary Big Bill Brunzi instrumental showstoppers called the Shuffle Rag. I love also in this recording, you could hear, I, I think it probably, I think it's, um, I think it's uh, Brownie McGee sitting in the background, sort of egging him on and, and like saying things while he's playing. It's a great recording. All right. So Big Bill Brunzi, the shuffle rag from Folkways Records, 1957. lick that he repeats over and over in that is just too much man i love that lick that's a that's a that's a typical brunzy tag in that that he kept repeating just great all right we're gonna hear some guitar playing by the great doc watson this is a recording a live recording that he did with 
I guess they were, I, I think there's some like his local neighbors in North Carolina. Uh, and that is Clint Howard and Fred Price. Clint Howard was a guitar player and singer and Fred Price played the banjo and primarily known as a, as a fiddler. But this is from a live recording they did for the Seattle Folklore Society in 1967. It comes from an LP they did that uh, Vanguard Records put out called Old Timey Concert. And I have to say, it's one of my, it's one of the first uh, old time music records I ever owned. And I just fell in love with it. And it's, it's a, it's an absolutely great LP. If you could uh, find it, it's, um, it's on CD and I think it's on Spotify and things like that as well, but it's called Old Timey Concert. And it's, it's just really cool. So I'm going to play a, a tune for you that they do on here called the crawdad song and this isn't like a a guitar showstopper per se but i i put it on here because it's a prime example of of doc watson and just being so tasteful and so subtle in his in his playing and his um his his uh, philosophy of backing up a song and then it's got some great um leads he takes in here in his flat picking uh in his flat picking style and it's just a really tasteful uh number so as you're listening to it if you're a guitar player out there just just listen to how subtle his little licks are in between the vocals or his his backup is just driving this band it's just really um kind of moves the piece along and um i think that's one of the great things about doc watson that not a lot of people talk about he's known for his, his flashy flat picking which you'll hear in here um and he's known for his great finger style work but just really tasty uh playing to accompany a song so check this out doc watson clint howard and fred price doing the crawdad song let's do that crawdad song right quick and think, wait, 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 wait. I say, wait, boy, don't get scared now. Don't get scared. Just stand right still. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I say, hold your horses, boy. Let's do that, that crawdad song. Ready? Pick. Pick. Oh, honey, 
sack on. <laughs> Wasted the day's work. He fell in he bust that sack bag. Busted all pieces. He fell in he bust that sack and he saw she'd call that back and back. Oh, honey, baby, 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 baby mind if I hit with that farm. That's so good, man. I, I was, if you, you need to hear the whole record. It's like a double LP. And I was just reminded of that. It's got, it's just ripe with great folk songs like that one. It's got Doc Watson doing finger style playing. It's got uh, fiddle and banjo stuff. It's just a collection of all kinds of just great American music. And as you've heard on that, just great interaction between them on stage and they're telling jokes beforehand. And it's just a really, it's what, um, to me, it's what music should be. It's just so, it's lighthearted. They're, they're making fun of each other up there. They're doing funny intros to the songs. The playing is just, um, just loose and yet, and just you know you heard doc's guitar on there and they're all like fine instrumentalists and singers it's just a great record that's uh doc watson clint howard and fred price old timey concert go check out the whole thing if you can all right we're going to move on and listen to a california sort of local local hero local legend in southern california among the uh blues guitar world and that is kenny sultan Kenny Sultan uh, is part of the duo Tom Ball and Kenny Sultan. They're from Santa Barbara, California, and they're a, um, a guitar and harmonica blues duo, sort of in the in the style of Sonny Terry and Brownie McGee. They're both masterful musicians on both the guitar and the harmonica. Well, Tom Ball plays the harmonica and the guitar, and I've only seen Kenny play the guitar, but that's about all you need to see for Kenny because he's a master fingerstyle guitar player in ragtime and blues and all kinds of of stuff like that. I'm going to play a guitar track from Kenny from their first album called Confusion that came out in 1981 and it was out on uh, the Sonia Tone label and this is a solo piece that Kenny does called the Dallas Rag and the Dallas Rag was a string band number from the Dallas String Band that was adopted to solo guitar. So check this performance out. It's masterful, it's clean, and it's a ragtime number that is unparalleled in his picking. Kenny Sultan playing the Dallas Rag. Check this out. 
lest any ragtime guitar aficionados correct me on that. Um, he actually threw another rag in the middle of there. That was the Harlem rag, and then he went back and ended it with the Dallas rag. Nice job, Kenny. That's a great plan. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. we got one more number I'm going to head out with. Uh, remember, follow the show at Instagram at Old Dingy Jukebox Podcast. Also on Facebook. There's a Facebook page over there. And that is also at Old Dingy Jukebox Podcast. You can search it over there. Join the group. Keep informed of what's going on. So this last number I'm going to play is called the Sea Jam Blues by Ernest Tubbs, Texas Troubadours. Now this comes from a record they did called Country Dance Time that came out in 1965. Now it's mostly instrumentals that features Ernest Tubbs' great band. They, they had some great players in the band, in particular uh, Buddy Charlton and Leon Rhodes. Buddy Charlton is the uh, legendary steel guitar player and Leon Rhodes is the great guitar player in that band. And they kept, uh, or I guess Ernest would give them some time uh, in his shows to perform instrumental numbers. And they made a couple instrumental records. And I think there's one vocal on each side of the LP. But I'm going to play this great track for you. It's a Duke Ellington composition from 1942 that they really jam out on. It's a great number called the Sea Jam Blues featuring Buddy Charlton and Leon Rhodes. All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next time. Have a good one.